0: Acts chapter 13, verse 26. Men and brethren, sons of the family of Abraham and those among you who fear God, to you this word of salvation has been sent. When the Apostle Paul got the opportunity to address the Jews here at Pisidian Antioch, he began by a simple review of familiar Jewish history perhaps they were saying, we know all this. What's the point? But he led to the point that all of these Old Testament prophecies had been fulfilled exactly in the birth, death, and resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth. Certainly, He is our promised Messiah. And the point is, this word has come to you. The first prophecy that Paul quotes is from Isaiah. I will send you the sure mercies of David. Isaiah has been describing the sorrowful humiliation of the messiah of God's servant he bearing our iniquity in our place bearing the punishment of all our sins dying and being buried and but then he came from the grave triumphant and was lifted up on high and so isaiah continues incline your ear and come to me here and your soul shall live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, the sure mercies of David. There can't be any sure mercies from a dead Messiah. But because Jesus has arisen and lives today, Those mercies are sure unto you. God's everlasting covenant of peace and the forgiveness of all your sins is established certain in him. The point is, his mercies are sure. And this word has come to you. The second prophecy that Paul quotes It's from Psalm 16, also foretelling the death and burial of the Messiah and his resurrection. You will not leave my soul in death, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life. Jesus' dead body, though it was put in the grave for three days, did not even begin to decay or decompose because God's Word had decreed it, and God's Word never fails. In their synagogues, in our chapel, the Apostle Paul is glorifying the Word of God, which foretold hundreds of years beforehand all of these exact prophecies about Jesus' birth and death and resurrection. So the point is, his word never fails. And this word has come to you. Paul doesn't wait for them to object. Hey, our leaders found that this Jesus you're talking about just didn't measure up. He meets them before an objection, pointing out that their leader's rejection of Jesus was itself a fulfillment of God's word, that God would come onto his own, dwell in the midst of them, and they would not receive him to their own doom. And so Paul concludes his message with an urgent appeal. Long before, God had come to the Jewish people with a warning. Babylon is going to devour you and carry you away unless you turn from your sin and live by faith in his word. And Paul applies it to them that day and to us today. Today, this warning is before you. Verse 41, behold, you despisers, marvel and perish. For I will work a work in your day that you would by no means believe, though someone would declare it to you. Perhaps you're thinking, hey, Prof, we know all that, that Jesus died and arose to give us life. What's the point? But here is the point. We have the same sinful nature as those Jewish people. Just as easily we sit back on our laurels thinking, I know all that. Just as easily we fall into apathy towards the gospel. Just as easily we make excuses that replace living in daily repentant faith. How many excuses have your hearts harbored How much apathy have your hearts harbored? Yes, to you, this word of salvation has been said. You can sit back saying, hey, I I know all that. What's the point? The point is this word draws a line in the sand. You're either with Christ or against him. And this word has come to you. It's come with spirit power to enable you to believe and to live for Jesus. But it also has come with spirit power to condemn those who turn away from him. The Holy Spirit is warning despise the gospel and you'll perish. But he's coming because he wants to invite you here and your soul will live. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. We'll continue with hymn number one. Said one, stanzas one and two.